Very warm welcome back to the second part of this episode. Me and Gareth have had a really enjoyable conversation so far, delving into a number of different topics. And we've still got more in this second part. We have split it into two, so if you are just tuning in, please make sure you listen to the first part and you'll take some real value away from what Gareth has to say. I love that. I really do. And I think even your explanation there about it, because the name came up without really having a definition of it. But for some reason, I felt it. I felt that was what the name was. And I was deliberating. And then I remember asking a few people and they were like, you kind of sound like you're calling people out on being weak. You know, Jesus grow a backbone. And I was like, oh, I don't want people to think that. And then I had to sit down and go, well, why do I want to call it that? And I wanted to call it that because it, it was a structure, it was a support system. I created, the idea of my, my, my program of Backbone, Backbone is that it's a support system in order for you to be able to, to, to create like a holistic self-actualization of you, not just, okay, let's work on mindset and you go into the gym and getting the most out of yourself. No, 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 if you wanna get the most out of yourself in the gym, you have to be the best dad that you yeah. can be. Because that attitude of being a dad and maybe not being a good dad, you take into the gym, that's going around in your thoughts. Um, you're multitasking with regards to your thoughts. And if you're multitasking, then your energy is going somewhere else and it's not going to that gym session. Exactly. So you need to get the best out of yourself in the gym. So that's why I was like, okay, I really need to create this holistic thing where everything works together and everything supports each other. And then I was like, well, that makes complete sense because your spine, your backbone is your support system. If it's not where it's supposed to be, then you're not supported. So let's get everything in place. Now, I have been running this. So like I said, I worked um, as a therapist and as a hypnotherapist, I was doing a lot of hypnotherapy sessions. So this program is only a new venture that came from my ideas time. Yeah. So this came from it. So that's why I love doing this program is because this is my creation that I created myself because of, of, of investing energy in myself and investing time in myself. It really excites me, this program. So I run it over a 12 week period where we do six sessions, individual one-on-one sessions, but focusing each time on two areas that are kind of linked, you know, so this, this, in this cycle at the minute, we're on emotional life and character because they're kind of linked as well. And it's all about putting the right tools in place that you can do on a daily basis to enhance those things but then another part of it is that when you're on a journey from a to b which is i get my clients to be really clear on a life vision understand where you want to go because if you jump into a car without knowing where you want to go you're going to use that petrol that that diesel or your your energy your energy car electricity and you're never going to get to where you want to go or it might just be by chance don't leave your life up to chance of where you're going pinpoint where you want to go and then jump on that journey now that might change along the way but you need to know where you're going first and foremost you need to have a direction so what i do is i get my clients to go where are we going what do we want to get from this now along that journey from a to b you will come up against your limiting beliefs you will because as soon as the the pressure hits that's where you in the past have failed or you've given up or you've stopped. So in a way, I kind of want my clients to, to meet those head on and see what they are, because that's where the hypnotherapy comes in. Then hypnotherapy comes in in the background of, okay, we've discovered what this limiting belief is. Now we're going to use a hypnotherapy session to reframe that. Yes. Therapy goes right into the subconscious and re- reframes beliefs. So it's like a, it's a completely holistic sort of working on every element of, of your life. But then in the background, I also have the hypnotherapy of, okay, now we find that fundamental thing that's been making all this really difficult. Okay, where did this come from? Let's change it. Let's, people go, well, can you really change beliefs? Well, <laughs> you believed in Santa Claus for a while. You don't anymore. That was the belief that was changed. You might've uh, been born into a religious family that you believed and you believed in that religion for a while. And then suddenly something else changed and you don't believe anymore. You, your beliefs aren't, they're, 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 they're fixed things in your brain. Like they're, they're two neurons that are attached, but they can be separated. Now, a great way of saying this is uh, the first time someone tells you that Santa Claus doesn't exist, it kind of separates the two neurons, but then if you spend the rest of your life and that's never reaffirmed, that will go back together again. So the first time that you come up against this idea that you're not good enough and you say to yourself, well, I am good enough, 
you start to break that belief of I'm not good enough. But then if you don't do that on a daily basis, like your affirmations, that belief will go back together again. That will reattach and you will believe that you're not good enough again. So that's where affirmations come in. That's why you have to do it on a daily basis to really make that separation. And then you put the new ones in. I am good enough. Do you know what I tell myself on a daily basis? I'm enough. I'm safe. Because safety is a big thing. That's where vulnerability can come from. Vulnerability is, is, uh, is an amazing thing because it means that you're in a position of growth. You've put yourself out there defenseless, but you accept everything about yourself. You're like, okay, it doesn't matter what happens to me in this interview or with this, whatever this project is, I accept who I am and I'm open to failure, which means that I'm completely open to success. Yeah. So I tell said to myself, look, I'm enough. No matter what happens in my interactions, I'm enough. I don't need anything from out there to fill up in here because in here is already full. No one's opinion is going to make me feel any better about myself than I make myself feel. The second one is I'm safe. And because I tell my subconscious that I'm safe, then it doesn't switch on that hypervigilant, like a sort of where's the tiger coming from? Yeah. Then we're safe. Well, then there's no stress hormones in my body, which means that my body is constantly in, in a state of uh, homeostasis and cell repair, cell growth, and allows me to learn. Because you can't learn. You imagine that, let's say you have an argument with someone and then you sit down to read a book. You can't read a book. You can't concentrate because you switched on that hypervigilant Where's that threat coming from in my environment? So you can't read, therefore you can't learn. But if you can allow your subconscious to feel safe, then you can learn because you can concentrate and you can focus. You can't focus on the first sentence if part of your mind is, is keep thinking about that argument or that email that you have to send or something like that, you won't. So that's why I tell myself on a regular basis, I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm enough. And then I add on top of that, I'm lovable. That's a big one for me as well. But I am lovable. It doesn't matter who I am. I'm still lovable. Love is available for someone like me. That could be platonic love within friends, family, relationships. Because a lot of people go around, not go around, they live on a day-to-day -day basis thinking that love isn't available to them. And that's a really, really unfortunate feeling. Love is not available to me. It's available to other people, but it's not available to me. Now, this comes from past experience where maybe in a relationship it hasn't worked well and they've been left with this feeling that love is not available to them. But love is available to everyone. But you can have such a negative sort of interaction with the world if your belief, your fundamental belief is that love is not available to you. So again, I'm telling myself that on a daily basis. So if ever a, a, an experience comes into my life that questions that, that's the tries to separate that love isn't available to me, you know, it's like, then the next day I go back, love is available to me. And I reclose that with something positive that I want. Yeah. So affirmations are a great way of doing this. There, there are certain buzzwords that turn people off. And one of them, the kind that turns me off, even though I, I work within that world and I tell other people to do it is mindfulness. That for me for a long time was a was a turn off word, mindfulness. And I was, oh, oh I don't like, but it's it, it is what it is. And it's a necessary word. It is being mindful about your thoughts and about your interactions with people. So I've now got to enjoy that word. But affirmations, I know some people, that's a big turn off for them. They're, oh, that's that wishy-washy thing that people do. No, that's that amazing thing that actually has a, 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 a neuron, chemical, physiological um, change in your body that's what yeah. that is that's your bicep curl oh meditation that's that tree hugging zen thing no that's that uh growing your gray matter and your prefrontal cortex that allows you to make decisions in a calm manner that's yes. what it's you know so it's like there are buzzwords that turn people off but these these things work like they, they work no of course uh i think before i started my journey in, in self-discovery, I, I probably would have been of the same thought process where uh, the likes of mindfulness affirmations all would have uh, sort of brought about thoughts of someone hugging a tree or burning incense or, you know, wearing uh, curtains that they just pulled off their, their front living room. Uh, but that completely my Facebook picture. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that all, that all changed for me when I actually invested a bit more time in, in uh, researching it and looking into it and actually trying it. 
Um, like not everything out there works for me, but I've, I've implemented a number of things that have worked for me and, and that I'm passionate about and that I feel bring real value to my life. But Gareth, uh, I'm quite conscious that um, I've taken up a lot of your time, but I still want to continue if, if you're okay with that. I've got that's, it. That's, that's okay. Like I'm looking at my schedule here. Yep, I've got time for this. Perfect, this perfect. About scheduling as well is... Um, and we'll talk about this maybe too, but go on ahead, go on ahead with what you're saying. So, so basically just to go back a wee bit, um, obviously you've been talking quite a bit about performance um, and people within sport and, and people who want to improve their lifestyle as such, but you've always talked about a physical thing. So the likes of a gym, um, bicep curls, things like that. I, I suppose in your profession, what people need to try and really get into now is that instead of thinking of the likes of a, a gym where you go and you improve your muscles and, and how you look and your six pack and, your, and that sort of physical being, it's important that you can replicate that gym as a, as a mindful thing um, where you're actually improving your mind and, and how you are as a person first and foremost before having to think that, you know, in order to pre- improve you as a person, you have to do the physical thing where it's, you know, uh, weights, it's press ups, it's you know. I think a lot of us get confused. A lot of us get confused that uh, that that's what we have to do. We need to on the outside, we need to look good, as opposed to you know addressing the number one thing, which is the mind. It's getting it right first. But like, it's 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 that's where we should all be starting. Everything else would fall into place once we put that mind which runs everything else by the way i think that's something that a lot of people need to understand is that nothing else works properly if your mind doesn't work properly like even your physical thing the the, the physical part of you won't function properly if you're in a certain environment that causes stress and you haven't put your mind and you, you haven't improved your mental health muscle you know you haven't strengthened your mental health well then when the proverbial uh I don't want to curse crap hits the fan then all that all that physical strength or whatever or how you look how your appearance is um counts for nothing yeah you don't have the actual strength in behind that to to to, to deal with the situation like one of my clients said something really nice to me uh in our first session and it wasn't specifically to me but he said something really nice that really resonated with me which was uh I said, so what, what, why are you here? And what's, what's the inspiration behind this? And, you know, tell me what's the process that got you to sign up to the program? He said, look, I was thinking about changing the car. And then I thought, hey, it's much nicer to invest in me. And I said, oh yeah, that, that sounds amazing. That, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Look, what's the point in investing in something on the exterior when the thing that needs the investment is it? on the interior yeah we can i'm not specifically saying for for everyone to go and invest money in improving their mental health although i do think that finding someone who works within that industry is is the best way to do it it's the same as you know um when when gyms and stuff open up again i know that i'm going to be looking at a personal trainer because they're the person who's, I can learn as much as I want on YouTube, but that interaction with that person and who has the know-how is going to get the best out of me in the most efficient way. And think about efficiency as well, because you might try to do it yourself on certain occasions. It might be, you might come up against certain conflicts or resistance, but if you don't have the know-how of how to deal with that, then what might happen is, and I do see this happening sometimes, you switch on an internal voice that says, oh, this works for everyone else, but it doesn't work for me. Because you don't have that sort of, uh, you know, that, that person with the knowledge in behind who can go, no, 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 this is normal. And this is what you do to get through that. So instead of you switching off and going, ah, this doesn't work for me, someone else in behind can actually, you know, bring the most out of you. But again, this can all be started in a home gym. Yeah. You know, we're, we're using that, that, that metaphor and that image of, of, of gym. Start within your home gym and see where you go and then see, oh, hey, this really works, but I'm going to invest in it. Then go do that. Or, hey, I'm getting the most out of this. I don't need to invest in it. Then don't invest in it, but work on it. Whatever you do, work on it. Make sure that it's a daily practice. 
Um, again, like the idea of mental health and those two words at the minute are hugely negative and I dislike that. There's, there's certain things that I dislike at the minute and certain things are being promoted by therapists as well. Um, one of them is um, it's okay not to be okay. I dislike that because it's not okay not to be okay. It stinks. It really hurts. It creates suffering and it's a horrible place to be. Not to be okay mentally is a horrible place to be. But if you promote the idea of it's okay not to be okay, then it promotes inaction. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm not okay, but that's okay. So I just sit with it. It's not okay not to be okay. It feels rubbish and it takes away the joy of, of a beautiful, wonderful life that you could have. So take action on it. Contact someone. Even if you contact, like if someone just sent me a message and said, look, I'm not here to invest in any program that you do or invest in your work, but I just want to ask a few questions. By all means, go for it. Send an email. Contact someone who's in the know of to give you the next steps because it's not okay not to be okay. It, I've had so many clients who come not okay. And what you see is that, hey, this is not okay. You know, it's not, it's not okay just to sit back on it. And then there's this other thing, which is it's good to talk. But loads of people don't know how to do that then. It's good to talk, oh, fair enough, but how do I do that? Or I don't think my, my mates want to listen. Or So it's not specifically that it's good to talk. It's good to listen. Yeah. Let's learn to listen. Let's become the people who allow for conversations to happen. So we have these two maxims that it's okay not to be okay and it's good to talk, but there's nothing following them up. And so people still sit in that difficulty, not knowing what to do anymore. They're going on to, to, to Facebook or Instagram and they're saying, yeah, it's good to talk and it's okay not to be okay. And then they're going, but what do I do next? We have to put something in behind it. So it's not okay not to be okay. Take action. I know it's difficult to take action. Send the message. And it's not just that it's good to talk. It's also good to listen, to be a listener. So become a listener. That's yeah. what I think a lot, a lot of people need to hear. Don't just put up on your Facebook when it's mental health week. It's good to talk. Stick up. Hey, I'm a listener. Yeah. I think this leads it on very nicely to our next part, which I want to pick your brains about and, and discuss with you. But um, that is the world of digital, that is our online platforms, that's social media, that's the impacts it has on young people and old people when, or that contrast in between. Um, but obviously we're heavily reliant on our phones, on our tablets, on technologies now, more so now than ever before. Um, and we are exposed to copious amounts of, of uh, technology and, and uh, social media time and uh, browsing time and, and that, that has its negatives on on mental health especially within people trying to live up to this persona that people on instagram give so they live this perfect life they eat perfectly they they exercise perfectly their their life is just absolutely bunny rabbits and and beautiful flowers um which is really difficult for someone who's who's maybe going through all these experiences all these emotions they don't they don't know where they're, whether they're coming, whether they're going. And all they see day in, day out is these people who seem to be living this impeccable life um, with no issues. And I, I think that's really confusing, especially for, for young people who are just sort of trying to find themselves. Um, I've noticed it from, from some of the projects that I work on working with, with young people. I've also noticed it within a football setting um, and, and how it impacts people's lives. Um, but I wanted to get your take on it um, how this digital age is impacting us as a globe, as, as, a, as a society, as cultures. It's, as It's a really complicated topic. It's a hugely complicated topic because it, um, it has just as many positives as it does negatives. And so to, to write it off simply uh, wouldn't do it justice. We had to be really careful about social media. Um, like you've just after talking about, you just have to mention the idea of finding yourself. Uh, where do you find yourself? Yeah. And well, the idea of finding yourself somewhere else that's out there that isn't in here, it goes against the actual definition yeah. of finding yourself. So in order to find yourself, you have to spend time with yourself, not spend time with other people and other people's pictures. 
because you're learning. The only thing that you're learning there is that you're not as active as other people, which other people aren't active. Most people who post on social media actually, you know, it might look like, oh, they're on top of a mountain today, but that was actually probably from last week. And they did that scheduling thing where, so everything on social media, especially on the likes of Instagram, and I'm now on Instagram, I've been on Instagram for about six months, struggling still to work out how to use it and, and, and whatever. And there's certain things that I had to do myself on Instagram, and I've been working in this industry for a while. I had to delete the accounts of people who do similar stuff than what I was doing, the, the, what I do, because I started to think that I wasn't good enough at what I was doing. It's like, well, such and such is doing that. And God, look at their posts and look how they're presenting it and look at the feedback they're getting from people and look at the interaction they're having. And I'm not having that. Does that mean that I'm not good enough to do that? And what I'm doing is real. And I'm wait a minute, hold on a minute here. No, 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 I'm not going to have those thoughts. I'm not going to give my energy to negative thoughts about myself. And I'm not going to feel jealous. Why do I want to feel jealous? First and foremost, if they're helping people more part of them. But secondly, hey, I like the job I do. And I believe that I add value to people. So I just delete those accounts. I don't need to see those accounts. I need to see my account. I need to see my work. Now, Finding yourself is hugely important. Self-awareness, I, I run, or not that I run, I host, but it's run by a company called uh, Healthy Kids. I, I host a little club in the evenings for primary school kids called Confidence Club. And so we do 90 kids a week where I'm teaching them kind of what we've been talking about today, but on a, on a primary school level. And this week's theme is self-awareness, right? So I said, hey kids, what is self-awareness? And it's like, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're bad at, yep, that is, okay. So I have a question for you. Name five things that you do well. So they're like, ah, oh, gymnastics and running. And I don't know why I'm putting on that accent. <laughs> gymnastics and running. I said, like, okay, now what I want you to do is name five things that you've been doing well during lockdown in your house. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And fortunately, you know, parents are beside them while we're doing the thing. So I, I said, turn around and ask. Ask your mom there. Mommy, what have I been doing well? And mom's been saying, and they go, really? I've been doing it? Yeah, you've been doing that. You've been doing, you've been washing the dishes. You've been making people laugh. We have such a lack of self-awareness because we give so much energy and space to other people's lives. Like, so important to know the impact that you're having on the people around you, first and foremost, before you go on your impact on social media. So what I was getting those kids to do and their, their little go-away topic was write five things that you do really well at the minute with regards to how you're living in, in, in lockdown. And five things that you're not doing really well. So again, I was going, give me something that you don't think you're doing really well. well I don't know. Well, it's worth thinking about because you're living with other people. So understand and ask them, hey, is there anything that I'm doing that you would prefer that I didn't do or anything that you prefer that I would change? And so these kids are going to have a list of what to do well and what they're not doing so well. And then the next thing is, okay, the ones that you find out that you're not doing so well, work out a way of, how to improve them and the ones that you find that you're doing well keep doing them so self-awareness is really important and we're not getting that from social media we're becoming aware of other people's lives but we're forgetting about our own we need to know how we are impacting ourselves and the people around us so forget about john's life and his really well done Instagram posts that he's been practicing on Canva or whatever. I know these words now. I didn't know them. About <laughs> I know them now. But um, start to ask yourself, how am I impacting? And yeah, some of you might actually need to switch off from social media, take a break and have some time with yourself. A really big question that no one is asking themselves these days is, who am I? And this is this is this this comes into and I might be digressing from the idea of, uh, of of the internet and technology, but a big issue that people have been faced with today with regards to COVID is that the distraction of everyday life has been removed. The hustle and bustle of bustle of jumping in a car and going somewhere and slipping in the default mode has been removed, and they're becoming face to face with who they are. It's not a decline in in mental health. It's uh, a, an awareness of where you actually were. People are going, oh, my mental health is suffering. It's like, no, no, no. I could nearly tell you that your mental health has been there. You've just been avoiding it. So that's a great thing. This, and people, oh, is that a, no, it's a great thing because you're aware of where you are today. 
which means that you can put the steps in place to improve that. Like, I, I think COVID, COVID has been difficult. I find it really difficult at the minute because when I grew up in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, um, physical contact wasn't the thing that we did. You know, you see your friends, all right, how's it going? <laughs> you might shake someone's hand, but Jesus, there's certain people whose hand I wouldn't shake. And then I lived in France for 10 years where everyone I met, I kissed, and especially in the place where I was living in Montpellier, you kiss three times, so you go one, two, three. And then I became a hugger, and I became a high-fiver, and a handshaker, and a kisser. And and I don't mean a kisser, by the way, anyone that's <laughs> but not actually seeing me on the lips. I mean, on the cheek, and you just do cheek to cheek. Yes. Um, continental thing, you know? And you're even doing it with men. Like my best friends in France, I go over and I meet and I meet them every day and bang, 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 the three kisses. I miss that now. I feel that desire to do that, to hug people, to hold people, to touch people, to to interact physically with people and, and allow them to take my energy and take their energy as well. So I miss that. So yes, COVID is having an impact. But there's a great thing about COVID too. It's it's allowing people to become aware of who they are, and we're in it. We have a great opportunity to improve that. People are coming face to face with who they've been without knowing it, and they're going, "Oh, I don't know who I am." That's that's a big negative. So, well, no, no, it's a brilliant positive because now you've got self awareness, which means that you're in that sweet spot of changing it. You know, I would rather be aware of all my faults and change them, they'll never be aware of all my faults and live life like um, passively and ignorantly. Yeah. And I'd rather be aware of the impact that I'm having on other people as well. So this is part of the, 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 the social media thing is that we are becoming less self-aware. We're becoming self-conscious, but less self-aware and they're completely different. And we need to understand who we are. Like, I need to sit down and, and understand who I am to understand how I'm impacting you then in our conversation. Because I need to know, am I someone who doesn't listen well? Am I someone who doesn't take other people's opinions on board? Am I quite negative about other people's opinions? Am I not open? Okay, I'm gonna change that then. I'm gonna put the steps in place. The next time I have a conversation, I'm gonna remember, listen, be open. And I know I'm saying listen, and I'm doing loads of the talking, so it's sort of <laughs> what I'm saying. but. Self-awareness has been eaten up by social media. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely agree. Um, it's it can be a really testing and challenging place, especially when you're in the likes you had mentioned there about deleting those accounts. I suppose from a from me and and the businesses I'm involved with, it can be can take up a lot of your time and and thoughts when you're looking at other businesses who look to be doing a better job than you. So you get, you give them that time and you, 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 you give your head that space to think about someone else and, and not really focus on you and, and what it is that you want to move towards. And I've been guilty of it um, throughout my journey. I'll hold my hands up and, and say, you know, I am improving it now and, and I'm investing more time in me and, and not thinking so much about other people because at the end of the day, you, you really struck a chord there. You said that there, there's people out there who are, who are doing a good job online, but they may also be doing a good job with, with the people that they're impacting. Um, and that's, that's, that, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I want to have impact. I want to hopefully someone can listen into a podcast and, and take action and, and go and seek either advice or help or whatever it is, but make a change in their life. And if I impact one person, I've, I've basically achieved what I set out to do one person was my target when I started this podcast and that, you know, it's, it's difficult when you do a podcast and, and you don't get sort of feedback and things because you don't know, but I have got feedback now and, and it's made it worthwhile. So, so that was my objective when I started this, but you, you really did strike a chord where it was, you have to get out of that thought process of, of that competition factor. Whereas there's people out there doing something similar or, you know, something that you can sort of look at and go, I, why, how come I'm not doing that as well? But you're impacting a completely different demographic of people or there, you know, so there, there's, there's differences, but it was just interesting to hear that from your perspective. There was uh, very recently, someone sent me a picture, a screenshot of, um, and this, this is a weird one. Um, someone sent me a screenshot of um, 
a new venture that had been started by someone, and it's a similar venture to something I do, but it's started by someone who's got no experience in the, in the world that I work in. Yeah. So in a very similar sort of project or product or whatever you want to call it, program. And it is a product. People have to, I, I, I won't deny that what I do is a product because I give something and I get something financial in return. You know, so what is it? I, I, my program is a product. But um, they were like, hey, what do you think of this such and such? They have no experience, but they're doing something like that. And then I, immediately it switched on like the jealousy mode of, hey, who gives them the right to do that? You know, I've been, I've paid for my tuition and I've got all my experience and I should be this and I should be that. And they shouldn't be doing this. And then I realized, first of all, first and foremost, I was being a victim. So I was giving someone else the, uh, the control over the direction of, where my thoughts were going and my energy was going. So that's a victim mentality. Secondly, if I get my thing that I'm doing where I want it to be and in align with who I want to be, then I will have my ideal clients. The same way you'll have your ideal listeners. They are the ones who are right for me. So these people who might be doing something similar to what I'm doing, the clients who are going to them are not the ideal clients for me. Yeah. So therefore I settle with the idea of I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm not like, I'm not supposed to be like anyone else. And if anyone wants to go over there, brilliant. That's okay. They can do that. And whoever comes to me is supposed to come to me. Yeah. I'm not in the market for bad clients. I'm not in the market for people who aren't going to maybe, accept the methods I have. I'm in the market for the people who buy into me. So yes, when I first saw that thing, I was like, who do they think they are? And then I went, no, 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 that's okay. Look, sometimes there are certain filters that are necessary to, to filter out the things that, because maybe those clients would have taken up so much more of my energy that then I couldn't give to the other people who were really absorbent of the things that I do. So everything, works out eventually it's all about mindset as well mindset is just your way of perceiving the world so my mindset is hey first of all i don't live in, in a world of lack which means that if someone else exists they're going to take away all those clients from me because that's a, a, an emotion of lack i live in an emotion of abundance that is look there's enough people in the world for everyone so if they want to do that go ahead and do it brilliant enjoy it and hopefully you help as many people as possible but there are other people out there who will come to me and they will be the people who match with me and we can do the best work together because we're both following the same idea. No, brilliant. Um, same with podcast listeners, you know, it's like you will get like, I've, I, 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 when did I come across your podcast? Very recently, but just something happened. It wasn't that it was being forced or pushed just by, by a natural occurrence, the name popped up and then I followed that link. And that's what will happen. And so maybe even you mightn't get feedback. Look, I, I write, I've been writing those uh, journal entries. I do it for Gaelic Life and then I do loads for local newspapers. I very rarely get feedback from him, but someone's reading it and going, hey, I'm going to take that from that without telling him that I'm taking that from that. Yeah. Then there you go. That's it. And, and to be honest with you, I, I don't really invest a lot of time in promoting the likes of this podcast. I will share it and I will promote it, but I don't, that's not my focus. I don't like my be all and end all isn't making sure that I have 1,000, 6,000, 10,000 listeners. My sole purpose is like you were saying, I've got a following now who have been with me from the start of the journey, from when I've recorded my first podcast to I'm now into series two. And like you're saying, if, if people find up and pick up on the links throughout the journey, fantastic. But this is, uh, I suppose, this has been a real process for me because it's allowed me to discover some things about myself through talking to other people. But I've also been able to share that with people who might be able to resonate with that also. So it's been fantastic for my own journey, but also to hopefully impact others. And um, just something that you had touched on there. Um, I think maybe the the failure as such in my first business uh, Emerge Event Solution, I, I'm still in events, but I started it on my own as an individual. My background was in DJing for many years, um, which I'm going to move on to in a wee minute, still staying in tune with the, the digital side of stuff. But my first business, I was going through a number of different stresses and strains 
couple of things we touched on earlier. Um, anxiety was one of the main things. Um, and a lot of the things that we've spoke about here, I can, can relate back to now and I can pinpoint it because I've went through that process, probably the hard way. But anyway, I've went through that process. But my, my business emerge was I was continually looking at other people, what they were doing and, and how, why I wasn't there yet. So I was continually putting myself on this platform that I could never succeed because I was always trying to strive to be someone else. Um, and through about a year of going through some pretty difficult times with it, coming up with ideas and then feeling sort of exasperated because they didn't seem good enough or they didn't materialize the way that I wanted them to. Um, I have now completely refined that. And I have a business partner with Northern Lights, which is Basically, I've taken all the, the, the core services that I had with Emerge, added them to this, but we have a completely new dynamic now where through all the feelings of Emerge, the positives have came from it because we've now been able to give them a new lease of life as such. But like you had touched on, the, the people that we want to attract our clients, back then I would have I would have taken anyone and, and I suppose a lot of my competitors were dropping their prices and they were um, sort of encouraging uh, this sort of clientele that were probably one of the reasons that amplified my anxiety and, and pressure because of the pressure that they put on me for the services and what they wanted for such a small amount of money. But now that we've gone in with a completely different mindset as such to you know our packages and the value of our packages and what they get and our worth as well as, as businessmen, um is is completely different so it's a whole new outlook but that that was that journey and that was that process and i just sort of that was relating to a few of the things you had said the the the, the right things will um will come your way and you'll feel it and i always get people i think this is really good advice i always get people to see their day as a, a finite amount of fuel mm -hmm. if you're putting your thoughts into something else that that just isn't right for you, that's going to use up loads of your energy. You know, so if you're looking around and comparing yourself to other people, that's going to use up loads of your energy. And that's really going to have a drain on your day, which means that the things that you wanted to do are going to be impacted. You know, so if you write a schedule and I'm a scheduler, but then I spend about an hour scrolling through social media and then I see so many other people who work within uh, performance and therapy and hypnotherapy. And my energy goes out because I'm having loads of thoughts and every thought that you have requires energy to have it. You know, it just the thoughts just don't work like that. They, they need energy. So if I'm having loads of thoughts and loads of negative thoughts, my energy is going there and that energy doesn't come back in again because that's not a, a two-way dual system, yeah. one-way system because that, those other people aren't bringing anything back into me. But then I go to do my work or to write an article or to read a book and that energy has been used up and then I can spend it on the things that are actually going to help me move forward you know so I always always I'm very conscious about not always because this is only something that's come in in the last year but I'm very conscious about where my energy goes and who is deserving of my energy and I don't mean that in hey you're not deserving of my energy but say like energy is a finite thing and that's why we sleep at night is to recharge the energy that we have been expending on, on throughout the day and if you're taking way too much of my energy, then that's going to implement the other things that I do during the day, which could be with regards to my relationship. It could be with regards to my kids. I don't have kids, but I'm just saying, could be with regards to my work, could be with regards to my finances, because it takes energy to make a decision. And if you become indecisive, and then let's say you have a low fuel tank of energy, you're going to make the wrong decision and that can implement your finances as well. And all that stemmed from the fact that you were throwing energy out into a negative realm, a negative world that wasn't coming back in again. Like jealousy saps energy and it doesn't come back in again. But a good positive exchange with regards to someone who's on the right wavelength, a customer, a client, a listener, then that'll, you know, the, the, the exchange of energy, your energy will be going out, but you're breathing it back in again. So therefore, yeah. the rest of your day is still going to be fueled for those decisions that are going to impact and benefit your life. But if you are negatively thinking about other people and having that feeling of anxiety because of what they're doing, your energy is 
to go in there and nothing's come back in again. And then you go home at night and then because you're tired, you make the wrong decision with your partner and then you have an argument. Yeah. Then you, that implements them what you do with your kids. And then that implements, you know, when you set yourself a program to do with regard to health and fitness. And then you've no energy, but well, then I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not going for a run. I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix and eat such and such. And then suddenly you're like, well, that's gone against my nutritional plan as well. And that's why everything is related. And I don't want to keep bringing it back to this idea of that program and that backbone, but it's like everything is related. Like you got to get things right in all areas of your life, because if not, that impact everything else. And this idea of judging ourselves on social media, I call that intellectual intelligence. Are you intelligently in control of what you're thinking? Because intellectual, we all think of like knowledge and stuff, but it's also how we use our thoughts. You can be intelligent about how you use your thoughts. Is this a good, uh, intelligent way of using my thoughts and my energy? No, it's not. Okay, let's come back off that again. Let's not do that. So therefore I've saved an energy that was gonna be wasted somewhere. And I can then put that energy into my ideas or into my relationship or into my work or into my finance or into my life vision or into manifesting whatever it is that I want to bring in. So see everything you do, even with the people that you like, with friends, you might see that, whoa, there's way too much energy going out in this exchange here and not enough coming in. There's the filter. Hey, mate, yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow because today this isn't happening. You know? Yeah. No, that's it. And funny you had said about that, uh, the, the tank um, and sort of what you give your energy to and, and sort of how much you've got throughout the day and what you spend your time on and what you utilize ultimately. But me and Gary had been doing a, a thing for other project change makers. Um, and he actually, you'll get a mention in this, but he actually brought it back to, I think, your discussion with him. And you had mentioned that he, he took a lot of value away from that too. So, no, it's great to sort of get the the, the juices flowing and, and think about that in a bit more in uh, depth. But uh, just moving on, Gareth, to back to the digital age that we find ourselves in. And uh, something that I wanted to throw in its head is the positive way we can use it. Um, you know, when we think of digital, it's it's time consuming, it takes up all our energy, it's it's negative that we're trying to live this life that other people are living. But what I find from maybe my transition between school and university was, you know, I had a passion for DJing. Um, and I was never good at instruments, so I was never good at, uh, you know, I think my mum had bought me a violin for school and, you know, Dick Glasgow, who's quite well known within the area, was the, the top uh, violin uh, teacher, so he was in our school, but I think he turned to my mum and he says, he's, he's hopeless, you know, <laughs> he's, he's never going to be any good, but... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He, he didn't say it like that. I'm just taking it out of context. He would never say that a professional of his uh, stature. But uh, I think he was like, yeah, I do think Darren's right at this moment in time. He needs a lot more practice. Um, but so I was always, you know, I was always quite creative. I was always quite passionate. So moving from that school setting to university, I always wanted to explore DJM. Um, and one of the drives towards that was to express myself um, at that point in time. Um, so then I did start DJing um, and throughout the years it stayed with me. But then it, it moved to the digital side of stuff. So it would have been creating music. Um, and I find that a great mechanism where I could be creative. Um, I could express myself, um, which led on to the likes of the event planning and how I got into events because I started a student night. I was passionate about DJing. Someone says to me, would you be interested in starting a student night in our venue? I was like, well, I've never, I've never done this before, but uh, from there I live in, I know quite a lot of people so I can connect with them. Um, and that's how that spawned on. Um, and a lot of that was at the very foot of when social media was coming about. So I think we had Bebo and MySpace at the time. Um, so I was exploring all these avenues in which I could utilize as a tool in order to promote the nights, but also to express myself online and, and try to get a, a bigger reach as such. Um, so I'd explored that from an early age. And then it sort of stayed with me because then when technology advanced, there was more ways in which you could utilize the tools to your advantage. Um, and it has been a great, number one, a great promotional tool for some of the projects that um, I've been able to connect with a number of 
different people with, but also to promote the likes of your art, your work, things like that. Um, so it has its advantages to that sense, uh, to that side of things. But I just wanted to touch on a project that I'm hopefully I've got the, the funding for it, but hopefully will come to fruition over, over the next month or so. And um, we're just waiting for that funding to come in. But it's from the Coca-Cola Thank You Fund. Um, and it's about uh, basically upskilling young people between the ages of 16 and 25 with digital technologies. Um, but it's also surrounding the likes of their mental health. So it's workshops, podcasts. Um, it's a number of different things that they can sort of express themselves with. Um, try to get involved with and engage with um, but also because we are in, a, in an environment where we can't meet up face to face there there is a lack of that connectivity um, through people and it's been a great way that we've been able to stay connected as such so it has had its advantages um, would you would you agree with that I, I think and it's the same with 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 everything else there are huge positives with regards uh, the digital age you need the right people to show how those positives work. Yeah. You know, if, if, if like you're, so with this project and you're doing things like uh, podcasting and, and showing young people how to use the digital world to their advantage, then they're huge. Like we have to, to use the wonder of a better word connected because of the digital age. It's mm -hmm. like, um, so I lived away for a very, very long time. I lived away from Northern Ireland for 15 years. So I came back in September no one really knew who I was anymore. You know, <laughs> I've been forgotten. And um, it's through the digital age and my purpose and my intent with regards to digital age and, and social media that I've been able to connect with people who are inspiring and who teach me and help me progress. So that's a huge benefit. Like the likes of yourself, even with this podcast, so I'm, I'm learning things, the likes of uh, Gary with Gary's podcast, the likes of uh, Gary Wallace from Corey and I. There's lots of things that are that the digital and social media, things like that can really, really benefit. But you have to get the right people in place to show you how to do it because yeah. we're all mindlessly, mindlessly, mindlessly using, uh, what's the best way to describe it? something we're mindlessly using something we're aimlessly using something that if we just learned how to use it properly we'd get the most out of it like there's so much to gain from from uh the internet there's so much to gain from it there's so much to do from it there's so many ways to connect people to uh to improve people to help people progress whatever with whatever it is that they're interested in but we have to put the teachers in place, you know? Yeah. So if you have a program that teaches people, then unbelievable. Like getting teachers in place, like personal trainers are the teachers of, of, of the gym and fitness. Your therapists or your coaches are the teachers of the mind, but we do need teachers of the internet. And if that's, if that's the, like what, what this project is about, then that's, that's unbelievable. Teaching people how to use it is what's going to benefit them. But if you allow, let's say, 16 to 25 girls are, who are huge social media users, Snapchat, Instagram, things like that, if you don't give them the tools and teach them how to use it, then they slip into those negative yeah. of using it. So brilliant. No, that's that's fantastic. I'll pick your brains about a, a few things afterwards as well. But um, look, uh, I, I just wanted to touch on a couple other things um, before we close. Um, and that's sort of what your future ambitions are for yourself for for your practice and some of the things that you're working on um how do you, how would you envision the likes of your current program backbone how would you how would you see it in in the likes of two years time or is that something that you're, you're just happy on the journey as things are or do you have is there a bigger thing that's going to spawn from this um there might it be now i have i'm running a couple of projects at the minute um that i'm not quite going to speak about okay yes no problem because i'm in the process of of let's say <clears throat> building the skeleton and afterwards when when we go to build the muscle on it then I'll, I'll possibly talk about it and promote it but sometimes it's good to keep your energy close to you of course it, it, in other areas then it's going to run out but with regards to the program um 
I have told myself in the beginning, I made a really conscious decision to keep my numbers low. It's like, look, if 100 people signed up to it for that three months, then I could be financially very secure quite quickly. But then I would be doing loads of sessions per day and the quality of my sessions would not be what I want. The whole point of setting up a program isn't for financial gain. That's the secondary thing. Like my purpose in life is to add value to myself, but also to other people. And so I want to do that in the most generous, uh, truthful, honest way possible, which is to give you the time that you deserve. Because if you've made the investment financially, then I want to make the investment and return of energy through my knowledge. So backbone isn't as such going to really grow because I want to cap my numbers. I just want to cap my numbers simply because I want to be able to produce the best product that I can produce. But that's going to be my thing for the next, I don't know how long, because I really do believe in it. I really do see its value. Uh, my clients already in this first program, we've only, they're only, we've just completed week two. Uh, so already they're seeing huge changes in how they approach their own lives. How like some personal trainers, some teachers, some um, county GAA players, they're already going, all right, yeah, I, so I can save energy there by doing that. And so, for me, maybe I might tweak a few things the more I learn from the clients that I work with, but that's just going to remain how it is. Uh, I'm working on a project with a friend and that will maybe be complete March or April. We'll, we'll have the physical products in our hands by that stage. And after that, I just love what I do. Like, so yeah, maybe I will have more ideas that come into place with, with, with things that I can work on and things that I can create and invent to add value to people because again that is my everyday thing everything is about adding value i won't produce anything that i don't believe will add value to people but i love what i do i think i'm good at it as well and so that's me for the next i don't know how long until maybe i don't believe that it adds value anymore either yeah. it doesn't add value to clients or it doesn't add value to me and that's when i know that's the great thing about having a purpose or a mission is that you'll know the decisions to make when you need to make them because you have a decision-making framework. Like my, because I know, right, I'm all about adding value. I know what's right for this conversation and what's not right for this conversation. You know, I know the information to give you and the information that just, it's not gonna add value, so what's the point? And once people, this is something that I would get people to do is to understand who they are and why they are. And once they know that, then the decision-making that you do on a daily basis fits and you save energy. So with my projects, uh, I, I love what I do at the minute. I really do. Uh, I will have more ideas on other things that will start to work. I want to, I want to work um, within, sport, within sports teams and businesses, but I want to work within sports teams and businesses with regards backbone yeah because if i can go into a business that might be suffering from absenteeism or you know lack of energy or internal bickering things that take away from productivity i know that the tools that i have are going to improve that so i want to be able to come into a business and go okay this is what we're going to do the same with the sports team or individual athletes anyone who if a team wants to improve their performance, I want to be in there going, okay, lads, look, or okay, girls, how are you as a, as, as a brother or a sister? How are you as this? How are you as that? And those are the fundamental things that will improve your performance. Look at Tiger Woods, who's the greatest golfer of all time. His social life and his personal life took a downturn and his performance was gone. You can't maintain optimal performance if the other areas of your life aren't working at an optimal. Like people go, but then what about the likes of Ronnie O'Sullivan and George Best? George Best never played to his full potential. No matter what anyone says, he didn't because there were certain areas of his life that weren't working at optimal. George Best could have been better than what he was. Ronnie O'Sullivan could break all the records, but there's certain areas of Ronnie's life that you can see that aren't working at an optimal. So he's hindering himself. He's not reaching his full potential. People go, yeah, but they're mavericks and they're, they are mavericks and, and things like that that don't quite reach. I wouldn't call Ronaldo a maverick and I wouldn't call Messi a maverick. I would call them optimal performers. 
because those guys have everything that they need where it needs to be. Whereas you might have the likes of Pogba who could maybe potentially re reach that thing, but Pogba isn't working on optimal performance with regards to certain elements of his life and that's hindering his performance. So he's still able because he's gifted to, to get a lot out of himself, but he's like, he's never going to, and it's an unfortunate thing about him because I followed him since he started United. He's never going to reach his full potential. He isn't, yeah. He's going to be a disappointing player. He's going to be on the list of disappointing players. Paul Pogba isn't in the top 10 in the world today. But when he was playing at Juventus, he showed signs that he could have. He just doesn't have everything in place. You know, yeah. his backbone, yeah. his weakness and flopness, <laughs> yeah. backbone. He's got things vertebrae that are out of place somewhere. And that's why he's not. Ronaldo, on the other hand, isn't as technically gifted as Pogba, isn't as technically gifted as Messi. But he's breaking all the records because he's put everything into where it needs to be. He's been deliberate and focused. And that's why. So that's that's my plan. My plan, my big plan is to is to take backbone into business, into sport, into creativity. Like I, I work in part of my program at the minute. I actually have a writer and I love the fact that I've got a writer and it isn't just based on sport or on business because anyone who's creative can be improved as well. Your creativity can be improved when you get all those things in place. Because imagine, again, let's use that, that reference of your relationship. You can't sit and write a book if you're just constantly thinking about that uh, argument that's just waiting to happen with your partner. Yeah. But if you, can put, if you can improve that area of your life, your relationship, then you're free to actually have those ideas to go and write that book. No, that's it, exactly. And I think just uh, a sort of closing mark here uh, for me anyway from not only this conversation that we've had today but all the conversations I've had throughout the journey of, of the mind podcast and that's the number one thing which is people have all these questions that are unanswered and um, they try to do things in their lives whether it be you know get fit as we've been speaking about but they neglect the number one important thing which is their, their brain the makeup of their brain their mind how they work and giving it the time and, and effort that it needs to improve because overall it's going to improve everything else around them whether it be internal or external um, but it needs to start from that that key core thing and um, which controls everything else around them um, and I think we need to move away from uh, that pre-concept almost um, that's been passed through generation to generation that, um, yeah, like you were saying, uh, mental health being coined as, as a negative term, but we all have mental health. Do you know what I mean? And, and we, need to, we need to start speaking about mental health in both the positive and the negative, as opposed to it having that connotation. It's, I see it as like a mental health is a position of neutrality. It's neutral. Mental health is neutral. We see it today as a negative. Oh, and the news, mental health, mental health, mental health. And we go, oh, that, that means a bad thing. No, mental health is just a term and it's neutral. Yeah. You can have good mental health or bad mental health. You can work on your mental health or you can let it deteriorate. You know, it's neutral. Mental health is neutral. And that's what the guy that, that I really like, Rick Shields, on the, on the podcast, on his, on his thing, he said, I can't remember what it was. And I just immediately went, no, come on, don't, don't say that because you're, 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 making it, you're stigmatizing mental health. We should all be talking about mental health all the time, but in a positive way, in the same way we go, well, I went to the gym and I lifted, uh, you know, I, I did my PB in, uh, in bench press or in squatting. You go, oh, I just spent 20 minutes meditating and it was brilliant. And then I wrote my affirmations and great. And then high-fiving each other and sticking it on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that on your Instagram. Your mental health put your mental health on your instagram but the positive thing that you've been doing instead of doing your this is me lifting something above my head but this is me putting something into my head yes yes i love so that do that mental health is neutral it's neutral but yeah. it can be improved or it can deteriorate and it's up to you to to do it you know it's up to you to either do it yourself or, or bring in the people who are going to help you do it that's it, Gareth. And look, I've taken so much value away from our conversation today. I think we could probably talk for the rest of the day because there's so much, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep that for our second podcast because I'd love to bring you back again. Um, and we'll maybe discuss a few other things, a few other topics. But uh, I just wanted to say, first and foremost, thank you for your time. And thanks for joining me on the, the Mind Podcast, Mental Health in a New Direction. And I hope 
anyone that's listening in today can take real value away from some of the topics that we have discussed. So again, thanks very much for joining me, Gareth. Thank you very much. Thank you.